How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoli. Shoots, he scores! Some swagger. Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. I have to say, the Boston Bruins clinched tonight to go to the playoffs, and I got a little bit jealous. <laughs> Because now we're getting down to the wire, teams are making it in, but the Pacific Division is so close, and basically teams just keep leapfrogging each other um, in and out of wild card spots, into the top three, out of the top three, that it is hard, you can't get comfortable. So the Kings are doing pretty well, um, and yet it feels like they're just going to have to keep clawing tooth and nail for the like eight games that they have left. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair because... Uh, in the West- Western Conference, the they there are four teams that are at this point mathematically eliminated. It's the Coyotes, the Oilers, the Canucks, and the Blackhawks. And so you would think that the Kings would have sort of like a better chance. You know, like it, it feels right. like they should be closer. And no, that is not the case. And not <laughs> yeah. only that, it's like, well, because these other teams are kind of just like, done but the kings are also doing this fun thing where they like win wonderfully and then they lose horribly and then uh have an overtime game that they win and then have an overtime game that they lost they're doing a really good job at playing both sides of the field and not letting anyone be like happy (laughs) with, with the way it is or not be anxious i guess because uh we get excited about like like you said leapfrogging in the standings only to just fall right back down. Exactly. Give us a chance to just chill and enjoy it, but they will not. I guess on the bright side is they are still, you know, being competitive overall. They're right now in the second wild card spot. Since we recorded, they played four games and they um, had five of eight possible points, which is not bad. They had one shutout loss against the Devils that was ugly, but for the rest of them, they either played really well or you know, were battling, keeping pace with the team that they were playing for the most part and pulling out either a win in OT or they lost in uh, OT against Winnipeg. But that was on the second night of a back-to-back. So you can't complain too much, I guess, but it is just like, it does make you have those moments where you think, if only you had just also won that game where you just couldn't show up. (laughs) Um, Maybe we would be better. But here we are, still hoping that they fight. Yeah, it's... I, I don't like sneaking into the playoffs. It is frustrating. We are already uh, anxious <laughs> game watchers in general. <laughs> yeah. uh, so when things are actually on the line and it, uh, like there's eight games left, I really wish that they would pull out. It doesn't even have to be a commanding lead. I will take more than a one point you know, difference. Please. Or I, w- yeah. I will be okay with just not being in a wild card position. Yeah, it's it's tough. But even that, like they they have been third again in the Pacific and then they'll fall back to a wild card spot. Like it just seems like no matter what you do, because those teams and like it's crazy Four of of those four teams that are already eliminated in the West, three of them are in the same divisions as Kings. (laughs) You would think that would make it so much easier. But 
it has not because the teams that are still in it are all right on top of each other. It's so frustrating. And I don't think the Kings are getting very much help from any of the other teams that we need them to like beat other teams in the Pacific division. So I'm going to start that off with my no thank you um, (laughs) to everyone else who who has maybe already clinched a spot or already know that they're not going to make it. No thank you for uh, not helping the Kings by beating other Pacific Division teams. Right. Give us some help. That's that's really what I need. That's like when they when they played Arizona, and I was like, why is Arizona even trying this hard? Can Arizona just do us a friggin' solid <laughs> and let the, King ha- the Kings have those points? But no, they had to make it difficult. <sighs> there are some really bright spots, though. Mainly, <laughs> take a moment to talk about Andre Kopitar, what a wonderful man. Our Lord <laughs> our just, Lord and Captain, Andre Kopitar. Uh, last podcast, we talked about how he was had a chance to match and then exceed his um, single season uh, high in points, his career high. And at the time, wasn't it like a week ago he still had nine points or something to get or whatever? Well, he's gotten all of them. He's already matched and exceeded <laughs> the record. He's that good. He didn't waste any time. He had like four points in one game. He is on top of it. And I love him so much. Yeah. I I think we were also kind of hedging our bets last time, too. We're like, oh, he could make it. But like the way that he was playing, you know, we kind of figured he would. And he just like went full speed ahead and is doing so well. He wasted no time. I absolutely love it. I think... I mean, in general, I love it because I just love Andre Kopitar. But also, I think about his age, right? Like, he's 30 years old, and you – people – this is, like, the time in people's careers. Like, he had signed that $10 million a year contract, and la- especially after last season because it was so rocky, people started doing things like, I don't know, is he going to live up to these expectations and this money? And, and then he comes out and has literally the best season of his career. <laughs> That is so good and exactly what you hope for, but don't assume you'll get. And yet he's gotten it for Kings fans and for himself. Um, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it makes me so happy. Uh, well, it's the same with like Dustin. I think really the only, not the only players, but the players that have really, really kind of just like come ahead for the Kings this year are obviously Anche Kopitar, Dustin Brown, just because of what was expected of him and how like how far he had kind of fallen and strangely just because he was injured so much jeff carter um Mm -hmm. and like you know adrian kepe and things like that but it's with all as excited as we were about having all of the new guys in and they have been doing extremely well i kind of love that it's like the old guard that are really pulling the team forward this year Oh, totally. It's uh, particularly with um, Kobitar and Brown, who it was Brown's goal that Kobitar got the assist on that gave him the 82 points. I remember reading a few years back, like during that, you know, the period when um, Dustin Brown was declining and people were really concerned about his production in general. Uh, there was this piece about him and Kobitar playing together and how actually like the underlying stats weren't great for them. Like I guess Overall, the stats show that they probably weren't as complimentary as it seems sometimes for how much they played together. And yet, I have to say, like, watching them still just makes me feel so good (laughs) when they assist on each other's goals and stuff like that. I just 
feels so great. So this season, watching them together, play together, and then both succeed so much um, has felt really lovely and like kind of a gift in a way where it's like, you know, at one point the numbers told me it shouldn't be this good, but also this season it is, and I love it (laughs) so much. Yeah, it just, it feels really nice and rewarding. Um, Also, Andre Kopitar right now is like, I guess, tied for, I'm going to say seventh in the league in scoring. Nice. Tied with Johnny Gaudreau and Phil Kessel. So amazing. Not a a bad (laughs) place to be. Um, Some great company. I know. And I I just like, because I don't know, sometimes I feel like we are very excited about the things the Kings players do, but it's very much isolated to how well they're doing within the Kings. And it is not so much talked about in the greater sort of like they're the best players in the NHL. Um, And it doesn't seem to permeate the rest of um, of the league. And so it's very nice. And I know that a lot of like the people who cover the West Coast know about it. People who watch the Kings a lot know about it. But I think this season, more so than other seasons, um, Andre Kopitar has been talked about a lot more and he's getting sort of the recognition he deserves. Um, and that's really nice. I really still want him to get the nomination for the heart. I still don't think he will, but I want him to so badly. I know. But at least he's he's in talks for it. Like, he when they do graphics for who's going to be nominated for the heart, he's in there. That makes me happy. Baby steps, I guess. Yes. Please give him the recognition he deserves. I really need it to happen. Of course, Andre himself does not care. <laughs> um literally that is what he said when he was asked after the game against Winnipeg he was asked what it means to him that he scored 82 this season thus far and that he's the first sentiment on the Kings to get that many points since Gretzky in 1993 which is crazy um and his his answer he says quote nothing we're trying to make the playoffs right now so I honestly don't care about my own stats End quote. Done. All he had to say. <laughs> I am really amused, but also that's fine. I'll be happy for him. Yeah, me too. I, I, You kind of have to say, like, has anyone really said, I want it? Like, an award I like that? I mean, you know? I mean, not, not on the Kings, for sure. I think there have been players who will at least acknowledge, like, oh, like, it's nice or whatever. Or, yeah, it's cool. And also, the more important thing is da-da-da-da. But the Kings are always, like, they're basically so used to saying, oh, it doesn't matter. And I, <laughs> I, I genuinely think that they, like, just do not care. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some people will, Which like, I can see that they're like, oh, you know, it would be nice to win this, like, individual award, but really it's about the team making the playoffs. And it sounds so much like a soundbite, but I kind of yeah. feel like, and maybe other people think of this about their team and I'm putting too much stock in, you know, Kings players or whatever, but I really feel like they just do not give two shits about yeah. uh, any of these awards. I, I feel like they don't either. And I think part of that, or I actually I think, but I wonder if part of that is because particularly for guys like Kopitar and the ones who have been here for a while, they, you know, if you feel like you're part of a championship group and that's what you've been through and experienced, you know, maybe all that stuff does seem kind of uh, small potatoes and it's not your end goal. Obviously, you want to get back to that championship 
um, to the possibility of winning a championship and winning the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it's, you know, it's great to be so good individually, uh, but it's not the point. So I wonder if just having been through that a couple times kind of not makes it less important for them, but just kind of like it, they don't really take any time to dwell on it, and that, which is fine. But also sometimes I'm like, you could just be like, yeah, it's dope. Um, it's cool. <laughs> well, I guess if you're stuck on a team that hasn't won the cup in a long time and it, that's just like a frustrating thing, you cling to the, the the things you can get, like winning this individual trophy. But uh, with the very, the like sort of dramatic fashion that the Kings in separate ways have won the Stanley Cup, I think it's just like a greater sense of accomplishment uh so who cares about these they they just like have it real good at the start and so now individual goals just or awards matter a little less yeah yeah or at least so they want us to believe yeah um uh I i would be curious to know how their families do or don't if they don't um comment on stuff like that when it happens because i would like if i was related to that person or married to that person or whatever like you're gonna be stoked when they do cool stuff so I wonder you know if at least privately they get to have a moment where it's like you did this awesome thing I'm proud of you (laughs) kind of stuff I would hope so yeah they should revel in it in private I would I would hope like have a have a piece of cake I don't know (laughs) yeah come on give yourself a treat you did a cool thing um anyway this is just wondering about that. Andre Kopitar not caring about it. Me very much caring about it. Clearly, I want to be the person who buys Andre Kopitar a piece of cake and tell him I'm proud of him. Because it's I true. Mean, I don't am. we all? Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I guess 20... the question is, will he have to drink Pepto-Bismol after? Yeah. That is the other thing. So also during the Winnipeg game, when he wasn't busy setting little records for himself, it was noticed... He was spotted drinking Pepto-Bismol casually on the bench, as you do if you're Andre Kopitar, it turns out. And uh, there was a piece on Puck Daddy that was kind of funny that just decided they were going to sort of investigate and come up with theories for why this was happening. Here is one of the paragraphs, just to read it to you. It says, according to an article from the Los Angeles Kings, Andre Andre Kopitar's pregame meal is gluten-free pasta with pink sauce and chicken on top. One logical theory is that Kopitar has a slight gluten intolerance, and the pasta, which was prepared for him, could have been mixed up with regular wheat flour pasta. Either that, or the chicken or pink sauce was ill-prepared. All reasonable explanations for Kopitar's upset stomach. And then the other possibilities just get, like, more ridiculous from there. But I thought it was funny that it was noticed um, and immediately became a bit of a mystery for some people. I, I'm going to say, one, gross, because the idea of chugging Pepto-Bismol sounds horrifying to me. But yes, <laughs> I do like that uh, there was some hard-hitting investigative journalism going into the state of Andre Kopitar's tum-tum. Um, (laughs) (laughs) delightful (laughs) also because because they were talking about Pepto-Bismol and his meal so close together whenever people mentioned pink sauce all I could imagine was just pasta with Pepto-Bismol poured over it and some chicken and I'm like yeah that does sound disgusting guys that's why you would have (laughs) Pepto-Bismol like I could not I had to, it like would not disconnect from my brain. So I had to look up what pink sauce was. And I'm like, oh, oh. tomato cream. Okay, got it. Tomato cream sauce. Got it. <laughs> that, that all makes sense. But like I could not. 
process it for a moment. Oh, man. I am a huge pink sauce fan when I have the option. I'm always wondering, with stuff like that, that bottle of Pepto-Bismol, was that his that he brought and then one of the equipment staff people had to have it handy? Is that just something they have around just in case? Like, I always wonder about, like, the small logistics of those things because it's not part of your typical equipment haul for a game. So it's like, who, whose responsibility does that become? Because <laughs> it's not going to be Andres. He's busy, like, worrying about his next shift. But somebody has to be ready to hand him the Pepto. Oh, I imagine that they have, like, a pretty well-stocked little pharmacy like, yeah. they have this Pepto-Bismol. They also have, like, the Pepto-Bismol chews. They have, oh, like, yeah. Tums. <laughs> do you like the mint flavor or do you want, like, the berry smoothie flavor? Um, <laughs> and, like, acetaminophen and, like, ibuprofen. Like, the whole gamut of things I think that they're just going to have yeah. on hand. Like, top-notch first aid preparedness kit back there. Yeah. I want to know, like, was his stomach upset before the game started or did it happen during the game and somebody had to go run to find the Pepto-Bismol and bring it back? Because also, why would you take that during the game? Wouldn't it take a minute for that kind of stuff to really work on your system? So it had to have hit him suddenly. That's what I think about is all of that. It probably would have. Less about the why (laughs) and and the, like, process of how. (laughs) I do like the logistics of it. Like, does, like, whoever the equipment manager trainer who gives that to them um just like stan and is like the second he gets off the bench and knows that his line isn't going to be on for a little bit just like thrusts it in his hand tells (laughs) him here's your pepto like how how does the timing work (laughs) because that's weird i mean like couldn't he wait until the end of the period i don't know anyway (laughs) no he needed it right then he needed that pepto now um, so yeah, it was funny to to see, and uh, clearly, you know, we weren't the only ones who found it kind of puzzling and amusing. Uh, so I had to mention that because yeah, Pepto, why? Where'd it come from? Whose responsibility was it? Did it help? I hope so. I kind of like all of the video that you get from the players bench about what people do between shifts, like when they have mm-hmm. like smelling salts or you know whatever or just even them trying to drink Gatorade I don't know why I find that so fascinating (laughs) about like what how to keep up your you know number one top athlete body going in a in an important game or something like that what you're doing apparently the answer is just chugging over the counter pharmaceuticals (laughs) I always also think about on the bench in particular, how disgusting it must be during a game. And then, like, of course, the players don't care. They're in equipment and skates. But the coaches and stuff who have to stand there, and I'm like, is it just nasty? And you're just like, your nice shoes are just in gross, like, spit oh, and Gatorade and stuff all game. <laughs> As a young figure skater, uh, sometimes our ice time was after, like, a super early morning, like, pickup hockey time. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously don't spend a lot of times in the box, but we'll, like, we'll go in there to adjust skates or just, like, sit down and have a rest, stretch, whatever. And shit is gross. Because <laughs> it's, like, black rubber, but it's just, like, covered in, like, loogies and just, like, weird wrappers and whatever other else of, like, manner of sticky Gatorade and stuff like that. Um, there, my second no thank you of the night. <laughs> yeah. Players' benches. Disgusting. Real real gross. Ugh. ugh, uh, Okay. Uh, Moving on from that nastiness. (laughs) 
Well, actually, to some more nastiness. So in the game versus Minnesota, Derek Forward accidentally caught a skate blade on the ear of all places. I mean, luckily, it wasn't his eyeball, but it he got pretty wrecked that ear. Um, it was Zach Parise's skate that caught him awkwardly, and he went down the tunnel and had to get patched up. Um, it was gross. <laughs> the thing about it, though, that made it not special but like even more odd and unfortunate in a way was that they're playing minnesota so he's from duluth his family was there so they all had to watch him accidentally get cut in the head um but luckily he seems to be okay i mean 15 stitches later including like gauze just sewn into his body um he is all right that's another thing i people talk about how hockey players are tough a lot especially when you know, talking about, like, other sports and stuff or whatever, but it is kind of absurd how you can go and just get, casually get stitches. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I would be done. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. My ear is fucked up forever, so I'll just be here dealing with that. (laughs) But although sometimes maybe it's easier to ignore how painful I'm sure it is if they have something else they need to focus on immediately after so maybe it helps them in that way but still i don't know if i could focus entirely because i'd be like it did my ear fall (laughs) off i'd i don't know yeah because you just like leave it exposed to everything else like you could get then immediately hit in the head with a puck Ooh, i hate it so much yeah yeah Ooh, and then like your helmet has to kind of touch it has to be the worst (laughs) (laughs) so what we're learning right now is that you and i are not made for hockey because we're (laughs) very delicate flowers i can do it no i need ample time to sit around and complain (laughs) about how much it hurts about how much i hate it i couldn't go back out and do my job like i couldn't do it but he did he uh stuck it out and didn't even seem that concerned about it afterwards obviously probably because he was assured that he was fine or would be fine by then um but his quotes after were quote i'm sure my mom was a little worried but the doctors did a good job of getting me stitched up stitched up and back out for the second period and then he also said that he didn't know what happened at first he says quote i just saw some blood coming down i was a little dizzy but i think i got pretty lucky that it got me where it did True, because, again, it could have been, like, an eye or something, which would have been worse. Or, like, your Um, neck, and we would have had, like, a super scary situation there. Right, which would have been horrifying. But it also seems like it still was probably jarring to be like, oh, there's blood. I don't know where it's coming from, so let me go. I think, like, the the only normalized, like, oh, there's blood place is your nose right like right i don't love (laughs) getting nose i I mean i haven't had one in a long time but uh if blood was to start pouring out of my nose i'm like oh that's weird it would be fine but if i just felt blood on my face somewhere i would be very concerned yeah just mm, coming you know like down my face Mm, it's great it sounds wonderful and it also has to be that's what i think about anytime anyone gets a face injury or a face like a cut on their face or something it's like head wounds bleed so much more so it probably seems extremely intense um whether it is or not so i can't imagine how alarming that is to just be like oh well, I'm bleeding. Let me get out of here. And then they have to get patched up, and then, like, the cold air hits their skin as they're, like, hurt. Ooh. 
man, this is just the, like, we can't, ha- we're bad at injuries podcast now. <laughs> like, it's true. <laughs> injuries are dumb and gross podcast. Yeah. Um, speaking of injuries, Trevor Lewis, no. we lost him again in that game. He is day-to-day with an upper body injury. So hopefully he won't be out too long, but who knows? Unfortunate because now, again, there's only like eight games left. We need Trevor to uh, do his best to get to that 20-goal mark. <laughs> um, you think he, he can't can, really uh, do out. There are eight games left and he's got six more <laughs> goals to score? You just think he can do another- it? couple just a hat trick in one of them and then just a goal three more he, easy it's, easy he can make it happen easy <laughs> um Ugh, so yeah. yeah there's no timeline for him to come back and it's kind of concerning like i know earlier not too long ago actually like jonathan quick was out for a little bit because he had like a quote-unquote like niggling injury mm-hmm. uh that he needed to take care of and i'm wondering i mean we had trevor lewis was gone for a bit and then i was back for a hot second and now he's gone again. I have to imagine that it is possibly and probably the same injury. Um, and that maybe this is just a sign that he should probably stay out a little longer and that it's not quite as well as uh, he and everyone else might think. I hope. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope he comes back sooner than later. But it's, you know, it's hard when they don't give you any information really about what's going on. Um he is very important to the Kings' depth in terms of being defensively responsible and, apparently, offense this season. So <laughs> it's always a sad time when Trevor Lewis is not in the lineup, and it sucks that he's kind of had to uh, battle with things towards the end of the season. And I just hope he comes back soon. I miss him. Yeah, I miss you, Trevor. Me too. 12 games was already too long earlier, and now yeah. who knows how many more. But I guess, I don't know, if the Kings make it to the playoffs, like, do you just let Trevor Lewis rest for a bit and then come back if the Kings make the playoffs? It's, like, probably wise, but also they're not, they're still fighting for that chance. So, like, is Trevor Lewis going to be helpful? Is he going to come back sooner than he maybe should? I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, that's another instance where it would be great if they could have figured out how to pull away and give themselves some cushion because then you have that option of like, oh, maybe, well, we'll just like give you some extra time so you're ready to go for the playoffs. But they don't have that luxury. They need all their dudes so that they can pick up as many points as possible. And so that makes it tough as well. So I'm sure that he will be back when he's healthy, like immediately healthy and you know, because they want those guys playing and on the ice and helping them get those points. Yeah, that's a bummer. Someone who is back from injury, though, and is doing really well, actually kind of talking about, like, the getting acclimated and being effective is Jeff Carter has had great numbers (laughs) since coming back from injury, and yet he indicated in um, post-game after the Minnesota game that he doesn't feel like he's quote-unquote back yet. Like, he was asked basically, like, when did you feel comfortable? Again, he said, quote, we're still working on that. Um, it's going to be a work in progress all year. I've been, and the, well, then a reporter commented like, yeah, but your numbers have been great. And Jeff said, I've been in the right place at the right time for a lot of my goals. So he is not going to let people think that he's just back here doing it all feeling wonderful he still feels like he's kind of um getting back into the swing of things and i mean at King, like he was there for the first part of that but then left early because they still wanted to do some some medical maintenance whatever it was um so 
yeah, clearly he's healthy, but the human body is complicated, I guess. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fully there. We're we're getting there. Um, So I thought that was interesting for him to kind of admit to that. He's kind of being too modest, though, right? I mean, (laughs) I, I think so. 19 games with like a very long injury in between. Uh, eight goals, five assists. Like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Two in a yeah. row, well. <laughs> you can cut yourself some slack, Jeff. But also, I appreciate the hard work. Um, yeah, I have no complaints, really, about Jeff Carter. So it's amazing to me that he's like, eh, I can still be better. I, I guess Please. that's good. I, yeah, I guess that's good, right? Like, yeah. he's like, oh, I've just been lucky and I could be better. I'm like, man, if you could be better, then you would be like even more amazing than I think you are. Right. Um, so <laughs> My I heart's that's already fine. too full. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I also appreciated that. So the Kings won in overtime and it was off of a goal that Kempe assisted Jeff Carter on. Um, and the cool thing about that was that people then talked about the similarities between Adrian Kempe's game and Jeff Carter's game. And he was like, yeah, I can see them. He basically, you know, said that he, they, kind of have the same instincts with the puck, kind of a little bit more of a run and gun, like pick up and go kind of game. Um, but what I found was, A, I just love when Jeff Carter will praise anyone. It makes me feel special as if he complimented me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that he gave you know some acknowledgement to Adrian Kempe, who for much of the season kind of had to figure out, like pull out his inner Jeff Carter and yeah. kind of fill that role while he was out. So that was nice. Um, But also, I liked on the flip side that Adrian Kempe, when he was was asked about it, kind of had, in a way, the most Adrian Kempe quote. So he says, quote, "Obviously, obviously I try to look at him a lot. He's been in the league for a long time, and he's a really good player. We have some similar stuff, too. We're both really good skaters, and we both can play both wing and center. That's two things that we are probably very similar to. And I just want to learn from him. I find that quote great. Like on the on the in, on one level, it's pretty standard. Like you look up to the person who's been there longer, et cetera, et cetera. But I like how in the middle of it, he just straight up says, we're both really good skaters. <laughs> Adrian Kebe, he, the modesty, who needs it? <laughs> I know I'm good. <laughs> Um, respect also, like he's not being, you know, really haughty or anything, but he's not going to deny it. He's confident. And I appreciate that about him. Yeah, there's, uh, he, he knows his worth. Uh, (laughs) so I also like that he phrased it. Um, I just, I try to look at him a lot. I'm like, man, you and me both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Been there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) exactly. So that was, that was really fun. And of course, also it made me think of like, the same thing kind of happened with Tyler Toffoli when he was getting acclimated and people were telling him to watch Jeff Carter. And at the time, like, Jeff Carter, like, was playing wing a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's more center all, almost all the time. Uh, so it's a little bit different, but there are still some similarities. And so I thought that was – I thought it was nice, basically, that even still Jeff Carter is the guy to watch um, when young guys come up who want to play with a little speed and – make really fast moves yeah because Tyler Toffoli you know you know uh modeled his game a bit after Jeff Carter when he got here too Jeff Carter is just like your shining example he is like Mm -hmm. the star that everyone looks looks at which is awesome 
Yeah. Um, speaking of them and also Toffoli, which also makes me think of skating, which has been his biggest improvement, I think, in going pro. Um, there was that goal that he scored in the game against Detroit that was reviewed for being offsides. Mm-hmm. And then when it was like he was onside, even though like that was it seemingly such a small thing being onside, like it's so nitpicky. I had this moment watching it where I was like, yeah, he's onside because Tyler Tavoli can skate now. <laughs> Tyler Tavoli is good. He is good <laughs> on his edges. So he is onside. He did lift that skate. He's worked really hard to be really good. I felt really proud for him, not just for scoring the goal, but for for literally being onside <laughs> and so precise. Because sometimes it's just like a fluke, but I love how proud you were. It's like, good job. <laughs> yeah. You were onside because you, you worked it. so hard in these last <laughs> few years about your skating because that was like the one thing that people like critiqued you on. Congratulations. Yeah. You dragged your foot exactly right. <laughs> Way to plan for it. Um, so that was... Just something on my mind. Um, but also, not the only one thinking about skating and Jeff Carter skating and looking at him as an example or whatever. There is this Fit to be King series. Have you watched any of these videos? I've watched a few of them. I watch them much like I watch exercise videos and I in that I don't do them. I just watch other people exercise. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> They're supposed to help inspire exercise give you some examples to look towards and i really admire all of that but also i don't do them (laughs) um this one this most recent one though is focused on kind of the basics of skating and you know not anything that you don't know (laughs) but i liked it because the sort of example that they use with jeff carter so it's like a video talking about the basics of skating and just a ton of video of jeff carter skating wonderfully on the ice (laughs) Really right in our wheelhouse of interests. Yeah. <laughs> did you take a look at it? I did take a look on it, at it. And I was like, yes, this sounds just about right. Because we've talked about it in the past, uh, about how much we admire. He's got such beautiful strides. And yeah. like, I, it sounds crazy to call them beautiful, but they are very graceful, long powerful and beautiful strides i love jeff carter skating it's wonderful and i think i liked that they basically called out that his or what makes it so good for him like is he's really good at isolation like he his lower body moves is really powerful but he keeps his upper body really steady um which seems difficult (laughs) as someone who does not skate very much or very well it's a full body activity for me. So the fact that he has so much control over himself and makes it look so natural all the time is really impressive. Yeah, it's pretty. I I like will think about people who are really great skaters because you can see how like uh, adept they are on their feet. And then I just kind of think generally like, man, everyone's a really great skater. Just like even even the garbage skaters, they made it to the NHL and are right, yeah. just so mobile all over the ice and then I just like sit there and get impressed about how cool hockey players are again yeah an interesting tidbit too in that video was that because of the way the Jeff Carter skates because his technique is so good Matt Price who is the head strength and conditioning coach for the Kings who was the one who did the 
narration basically for this video. Um, he says this thing, he makes this claim that Jeff Carter's style makes or gives him 30% more efficiency than the average player. I have no idea <laughs> what that is pulled from. Yeah, I, but I, I would need find to find it the fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really would love to know more about that particular number because it has literally no context in the video. And yet, I am super down for Jeff Carter being superior to people. So please give me way more detail about that. Yeah, I would love to know how that exactly breaks down um, in terms of efficiency. But I do like the tidbit in knowing that players travel like around eight miles in a game, which is crazy yeah. to me. That is nuts. I was so much. I also appreciated the explanation about what makes skating different from running. Um, not even just for the fact of it, but because I think about like how much hockey fans talk about the difference between like hockey and basketball and injuries. And I'm like, well, the friction is different for one. Yeah. So the things that injure a basketball player are obviously going to be different from and like playing on it afterwards are going to be different from uh, skaters. And so I appreciated that in a video, someone who knows anything <laughs> was like, yeah, it's a it's a different vibe, less uh, lower impact on on your body, on your lower on, on your legs. Oh, yeah. So that was fun. I would man, I do not like running. <laughs> I'm put that <laughs> <Neither>. out there. <laughs> I would so much rather skate as a form of exercise. Mm hmm. Yeah, running's not great. I don't enjoy it at all. I feel like I should. Some people love it, but I always think of very randomly, but important to me, the 1998 classic, The Faculty, <laughs> in which <laughs> uh-huh. in, in which Elijah Wood's character says at the beginning of the movie to the football coach that he doesn't believe, or he only believes in running when he's being chased. I think that is a great way to go about life and to consider running. Why would you do it any other time unless you had to? But then it makes me think of the I don't know when it came out movie Zombieland um, (laughs) where cardio is a very important thing in terms of running so that you don't get then eaten. Um, Mm. But see that, but then that's so you can run away from something. Then it becomes practical. Running is a survival tool, not a recreational activity. But you gotta train up your survival <laughs> or your uh, survival like tools by doing it semi recreationally. I would assume. I guess. I, I mean, I guess since you don't know when the zombie apocalypse is going to start, you do. You should be ready for it at any time. <laughs> um, and people may that's think that's just a risk I'm going to have to take. Well, and well, I don't know. I watch a lot of true crime stuff too, so it doesn't even have to be zombies. I'm just like, what if I just feel weird somewhere and I want to just have the option of running away? <laughs> we gotta go. Yeah, that's fair. But there have to be other ways to, I mean, maybe not, I don't know, to get your cardio up that's not going jogging all the time. Yeah, there are plenty of other ways, but I just feel like it's everyone's just like, oh, just go out, go for a run. I'm like, yeah, no thanks, don't want to, my knees hurt. Sounds horrible. That just, also that just, just to bring this back to Jeff Carter, made me think about how, I think like, the point wasn't running, but I think he mentioned that he's not a runner, um, and because he has bad hips or like that it was like the running and also surfing for him didn't really work out because he doesn't have the hips for it. Now I have to go 
figure out where that's from because it was one of my favorite quotes and I can't believe it left my mind, but it's back now and I feel much better. I don't know I don't know why that's so charming to hear someone talk about <laughs> yeah. not having the hips to do it. I think maybe just for like a lot of women it's like, oh, they have like childbearing hips. They're like talk about hips. Uh <laughs> yeah. Feel it feels strange. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Jeff Carter doesn't have the hips for running and surfing, so he's a great skater, and I think he would agree with you and say that he probably prefers it to having to run anywhere. Well, he's also very good at it, so that makes sense, Very too. true. Oh, oh man. Um, anything for from you about the rest of the NHL, or even about the Kings? Because I think that's pretty much all the notes that we got. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it about the Kings. Um, I'm very jealous of all of the other teams who have clinched a playoff spot at this point. It's just uh, Nashville, Tampa, and Boston. Um, yeah. Jealous of the team and the fans for their, you know, coasting into the playoffs. Um, I know, there was so much time left. Wouldn't that feel so nice? We would just be relaxed. I mean, we are laughing Ugh. about hips and injuries and things like that. So right. uh, we don't seem too anxious. But uh, come uh, a game, we'll be biting our nails because the Kings really need it. Uh, True. So that's about it, really. I really enjoyed that. So, uh, so I knew that there were two Ahos in the NHL. Oh, yes. I don't think I realized that they were both named Sebastian. I I didn't even realize there was a second Sebastian, Aho or Aho, or however they pronounce yeah, however, it. Yeah, however, Aho, Aho. They're not related. I don't think they're from the same yeah. country. I think it's like Finland and Sweden or something like that. Um, anyways, it's wild. I liked that there was, and I do not know which one is, which one penalized <laughs> the other one, um, but that... Uh, I liked that there was like a hooking call where yes. it, it, it looked like it was just self-hate. <laughs> Someone hooked himself. Yeah, it was yeah. just self-hate. And then got a penalty for yeah. it. <laughs> like, unsport- yeah, like, if only amazing. it were like unsportsmanlike conduct or some, or like oh, roughing, that been like hilarious. roughing up yourself or something like that. That would have been really funny. <laughs> Stop beating yourself up, um, Sebastian. But it's also kind of crazy that it's... Like, if it were, like, a John Smith or something, and there were two guys in the NHL named John Smith, I'm like, all right, that sounds that sounds about right. But this is, like, not the right. most uh, common of names, which I think is Honestly, funny. because I don't really watch either of those teams regularly, I remember it wasn't until, I think, like, earlier this season that I realized that there was another one. At first, I saw the name, and I was like, oh, did that player who's in Carolina get traded and no he had him in there's just a double he's a mirror twin oh yeah it but took me so long and I know that I've read articles about both of them but I now realize I do not know which articles belong <laughs> which to which player <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no oh. idea because it was the same thing I was like oh maybe he got traded and he's just like on a different team now but I was probably reading about the other guy so I have no idea what facts actually belong to which person. We're just going to blend together. I liked the uh, Photoshop that was posted on Twitter yesterday about, it was like the Spider-Man meme, and one of them was Carolina Hurricane Sebastian Aho, and the other one was the Islanders <laughs> one, just like that pointing at each other. I loved that. That was amazing. Uh, that's fantastic. I love a comment that someone made where they're like, oh, one of the one of them is like 
one inch shorter and like a little bit lighter, so we should call him Little Sebastian. <laughs> oh no! Yes, the greatest, oh, I love it. the greatest pony or a small horse or whatever. Um, yes. So yeah. Anyways, that that I thought was very nice <laughs> and kind of Wonderful. solidified something that I I did know that I did know that they were two ahos. Did not know that they shared the first the same first name. <laughs> And am now uh, overanalyzing and rethinking through everything that I've read in the past. Yes. I hope they both have like a really good season, one season, so that the NHL ends up making them do some like weird, unnecessary skit. Perfect. <laughs> yes, exactly. Being twins or something. We need that. And it seems to only happen for like the NHL awards. So. Uh, I see. I knew uh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, but everything about the NHL awards is lame. So I, know, I really but want that's, like them. the only time. <laughs> Maybe they can do it for like, see, no, they need to be really great and then be in the all star game, which has. Yeah, that would be good. Slightly funner things. Um, yeah. And I would yeah, love for them do to that. do a cool video. Let's do the NHL awards. Go for it, Sebastians. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fun note to end on. I don't really have anything else from around the league either. More jealousy over people who are in yeah, the playoffs. that's about it. Otherwise, I'm good. Um, all right, guys. Hopefully, the Kings continue to win. Maybe we cannot stress for a while. That would be wonderful. Please don't lose dramatically anymore. Um, we shall see. Otherwise... As usual, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter at ThanksBud, or you can email us, chirp at thanksbud.com. And we will talk to you next week. Be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. We'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.